Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The allure of adventure and the promise of escaping the hustle and bustle of the city had always drawn us to the great outdoors. It was a warm summer morning when my friends, Alex, Emma, and Josh, and I set out for our much-anticipated weekend camping trip along Whispering Pines Trail. The trail was renowned for its breathtaking beauty, surrounded by towering pine trees and babbling brooks that painted a serene picture. We were excited filled with youthful energy and the anticipation of days spent immersed in nature's embrace. Little did we know that our journey into the wilderness would forever alter our perceptions of reality. As we began our hike, the air was alive with excitement. Our laughter echoed through the trees, and the sunlight filtered through the leaves and dappled patterns on the forest floor. The beauty of the trail was undeniable and we felt invigorated by the tranquility that enveloped us. The legend of Whispering Pines Trail was far from our minds. Tales of unexplained disappearances and eerie occurrences that had earned it the ominous moniker of the haunted hike. As we ventured deeper into the woods, 
A subtle shift in the atmosphere became apparent. The air grew dense with an unexplainable tension, and the tranquility that had welcomed us seemed to wane. Our cheerful banter was replaced by hushed whispers, as if the very trees were listening, as if the forest itself held secrets it was eager to share. The first night descended, casting a new light on our surroundings. Our campfire crackled and hissed, casting distorted shadows that danced ominously along the trunks of the towering pines. It was around the fire that we noticed the peculiar orbs of light in the background of Emma's photos captured by her camera. We laughed them off as mere glitches, attributing them to the camera's technology. But the following day, as we continued our hike, the forest seemed to change its demeanor. The trees, once welcoming, now stood like ancient sentinels guarding an ancient secret. A palpable sense of being watched settled over us, a feeling that grew with every step we took. Whispers carried by the wind seemed to echo through the trees, as if the woods themselves were murmuring secrets too ancient to comprehend. As evening descended upon us once more, we gathered around the campfire. But this time the temperature plummeted, an inexplicable chill enveloping us despite the warm summer evening. Faint footsteps reached our ears, leaves rustling in the distance, though no visible source could be discerned. And then, as if in response to our growing unease, Alex's flashlight began to flicker, casting erratic shadows that danced in rhythm with our quickened heartbeats. As the night wore on, unease settled like a heavy fog upon our campsite. It was Josh who first spoke of a shadowy figure lurking at the edge of our encampment. We laughed nervously, dismissing it as a trick of the imagination fueled by the forest's eerie ambience. Yet the sense of dread persisted, a silent reminder that we were not alone. It was on the final day of our hike that our lives would forever be altered. We awoke to chaos. Our campsite in disarray, our belongings scattered, and our tent ripped open as if by unseen hands. Tannic set in as we realized that the serene woods we had entered had become something far more malevolent. Our pleas for help echoed through the forest, but the only response we received was the haunting silence that seemed to envelop the very trees themselves. Our hike back to civilization was a journey fraught with tension and fear. The woods seemed to close in around us, every rustle of leaves and whisper of wind echoing with an otherworldly resonance, the sense of being watched, of something malevolent lurking just beyond our perception, was inescapable. We returned home, changed, haunted by the memories of our time on Whispering Pines Trail. Our curiosity led us to delve into the history of the trail, and what we uncovered sent shivers down our spines. Stories of hikers who had vanished without a trace, of eerie encounters and unexplainable phenomena, painted a chilling picture. Our own experiences now had context. They were part of a tapestry woven from the supernatural threads of Whispering Pines Trail. This happened around three years ago, and thinking about it still makes me feel uneasy. I live in a rural area surrounded by a nature conservation area. There are many nice paths, and it's a great peaceful and quiet place to go for walks, ride bikes. On this day, I decided to take my dog for a walk there in the evening. I didn't want to go that far. For some reason, I decided to leave my phone at home. 
even though I usually take it with me just in case. Everything was going well, and as usual, I barely met anyone. At some point, I got to my favorite spot, a wooded area. There's a field behind it, and I planned on walking all the way to the end. Then I wanted to turn around and take the same way home. As I continued walking after I made it through the wooded area, my dog started acting strange. She kept looking back and didn't want to go on. I thought she had spotted a deer or a rabbit and wasn't concerned. I didn't look around right away. But then she let out a little growl bark. I had never heard her do that before. I turn around and sure enough, there's a man standing on the edge of the wooded area field like maybe 10 meters next to the path. He was fully clothed and didn't move. He was just staring at us. My heart was pounding. No matter where I would go, I would still be in a secluded area for a while. I didn't think and just started walking quickly towards the end of the field. My dog still wasn't having it. When I turned around after getting a bit further away, he had also moved. Now he was standing on the field, still staring intensely. That's when I really knew we had to get going. I didn't look back until we got to the end of the field. Because of some trees, my view was obstructed. I couldn't see him, and my dog seemed a bit calmer. Obviously, I didn't want to stop for more than a few seconds, though. From there on, I decided to take the path that would take me to some part of my town the quickest. We literally ran, and I was so relieved when we made it back to civilization. I have no idea what his intention was. I'm just proud of my dog for alerting me. Friend and I went camping when we were around 18. Found an awesome flat area off the side of a rather steep hill that overlooked the lake nearby. I can't remember the name of the lake. Not important, but it was large enough that we couldn't see the other side. We were there for a couple of days, were fishing, setting a couple snares, pretty much pulling a survivorman. On the third night, we hadn't lit the fire yet. We wanted to see the stars. Being Toronto kids, we rarely got to see too many. Sure enough, moonless night, no light, soars around anywhere, and there are the stars. I pointed out a few passing satellites. I miss having such great vision. He named off the constellations that he knew. We were chatting, then we saw it. On the horizon, a small and very bright red dot appeared. Looked like a gun laser dot. We both sat there racking our brains and making aliens jokes. But sure enough, it was getting closer. Soon it was the size of a dime, then a quarter. But it's taken the shape of an eye, and yet it got closer and closer. We started thinking that maybe it was a forest fire or something. Maybe it really was aliens with a nervous laugh. I remember him getting his hunting knife out of its sheath, and I did the same, ready for anything. Finally, it's the size of a football actually lighting up the area we were in. We were able to see the red glow off the trees, and... The lake. About here is when I realized we were looking at the rising blood moon. The lake was perfectly still, and the moon was reflecting off of it. He physically slapped himself into a facepalm. We were city kids, after all. scorching heat enveloped me as I stood on the front lines of the fiercest wildfire the Ozarks had ever seen. 
Flames roared like voracious beasts, devouring everything in their path. Sweat trickled down my forehead, mingling with soot as I coordinated with the brave firefighters to battle the inferno. Our mission was twofold. Save lives and protect the wildlife that called this park home. We worked tirelessly dousing flames, cutting fire breaks, and guiding visitors to safety. Amidst the chaos, my eyes caught a glimpse of something in the distance, a flicker of movement amidst the swirling smoke. Curiosity mingled with trepidation, drawing my gaze towards the mysterious figure. There, amidst the raging fire, stood a creature like none I had ever seen before. It was bipedal, towering above the flames, its silhouette bathed in an eerie glow. Razor-sharp claws extended from its massive paws, resembling a hybrid between a fearsome werewolf and an otherworldly dogman. Time seemed to slow as I observed the creature in stunned disbelief. Its eyes gleamed with an otherworldly intensity, reflecting the chaos that engulfed the forest. The flames danced around it as if bowing in deference to its terrifying presence. A primal roar erupted from its throat, echoing through the burning landscape, a bone-chilling symphony of power and ferocity. For a brief moment, the creature and I locked eyes, and I felt a shiver run down my spine. It was as if it possessed an otherworldly wisdom, an ancient knowledge that transcended our understanding. Yet, as quickly as it had appeared, it retreated into the smoky depths of the woods, vanishing from sight. I stood frozen in awe, my mind struggling to comprehend the reality of what I had just witnessed. The firefighters' urgent voices snapped me back to the present. They beckoned me to join their efforts in extinguishing the fire that threatened to consume everything we held dear. Shaking off the remnants of disbelief, I rallied myself and joined the courageous crew, resolute in my determination to protect this land. Together, we fought relentlessly against the merciless flames driven by a sense of duty and a deep love for the park we called home. As we labored tirelessly, the encounter with the enigmatic creature remained etched in my mind. It was a reminder of the untamed forces that coexisted alongside us, inextricably linked to the wild heart of nature. Our duty as park rangers was not only to safeguard against wildfires, but also to respect the mysteries and ancient beings that dwelled within these sacred lands. The fire eventually succumbed to our collective efforts, the charred landscape a testament to the battle that had taken place. Exhausted but fulfilled, we surveyed the area, ensuring that no embers remained. The wilderness would heal, and life would bloom anew. In the depths of the night, as the final embers flickered into oblivion, I found solace in the camaraderie of the firefighters. Though my encounter with the creature remained a secret, it was a reminder of the infinite wonders that awaited within the untamed realm of the Ozarks. And as we stood together, bound by our shared purpose, I knew that we would always be guardians, protectors of this land, ready to face any challenge that nature presented. Hiking in Wilson Prime, the most southern point of Australia's mainland, came face to face with a large cat. It was jet black and had green eyes. I thought it was just a feral cat for years, but only just recently found out feral cats have different colored markings, not all black. What the F did I see? 
I don't believe in ghosts or that paranormal stuff. I had one experience that was hard to shake. Back in my drinking partying days, I was at a friend's house and went to sleep in his guest room after a heavy night of drinking. Middle of the night, I wake up to someone shaking me, physically. I felt their hand pushing on me. I look up and see the shadow of a man in the dark. I say, Jeff, what do you want? Silence. Just standing there, I grab my phone, which was next to me for some light, and it was gone. I think my drunken mind was playing tricks on me. When my wife and I bought our first house, we had this eerie experience. The house was built in 1917 and two people had died at the house, an older lady inside and her husband on the front porch. We heard all the noises, doors opening, lights going on and off, that sort of thing. I started to fix the house up and things started getting worse. Any house plant put in a windowsill would be smashed on the floor. Any clothes that I hung up on a dresser knob for work the next day would have the seams unsewn. I put a bottle of Jack on the refrigerator and it fell on the floor and landed on its top. I put it inside of a pot that my wife had on the fridge and the next night we heard a crash and it was on the floor again. On its top and this time it cracked the neck. Not a dogs could see the ghost and you could watch as both dogs' heads would turn in unison as they watched it go through a room. After a few years, the strange things tapered off and finally quit. We sold the house to a single lady, and she resold the house only a few months later and moved out. I saw her at the store and asked why she had moved. She told me about all the strange things that went on while she owned it and just couldn't take it. Although we toughed it out for 15 years, she just couldn't take it, and the house has sold several times since. My grandparents live in a private subdivision on the lake. There's a huge mansion out there that was built on an Indian burial ground. It's called the Myers Plantation. They owned all the land in the beginning and then started selling it off for people to build on and eventually became a private gated subdivision that had its own bylaws until recent years. The Meyer Mansion had a big circle driveway. Growing up as kids, there was always stories being told about ghosts and whatnot. Of course, I believed them. Mr. and Mrs. Myers died years and years and years ago. It had a private pair and boathouse, and no one had took care of it since they passed. It was falling apart, and the woods were growing up all around it. Hell, it didn't even have water around it anymore because the lake had receded so much over the years. Well, you can still walk out there to it and find cane poles rigged up on what's left of the pier. You can take them down and come back, and they will be back up again. The back of the house down to the lake is one fourth mile walk. There's a nice stone walkway the entire way. Well, as we got older, we got braver and braver to explore this land. The more we explored it, the more we decided it was all lies and wasn't haunted or built on a graveyard. Well, then one day, going up those stairs, one broke loose and tundered over. It was a dang tombstone. And so was all the other 15,000 stones used to make this stairway. I used to ride the go-kart around the streets. And my papa always told me never to go into the Myers driveway. I would always turn around at the end of it and go back. It was at the end of the street. 
Well, one day I got ballsy and decided I was going to circle the driveway. So I did and pulled up to the front door, and it had a huge awning over the front door area. As I started to glance around at the many, many windows in the house, I see the blinds moving in one window and then see a woman appear as the curtain is pulled back. This house has been vacant since the Myers passed. I hightailed it home, and believe me, I never went back in that driveway again. Needless to say, I couldn't tell anyone what I saw because I wasn't supposed to be there to begin with LOL. One night, in early summer, I believe, a guy named Kevin came back to my girlfriend at the time, little brother's house. He started to tell us he had seen a four-foot-tall owl leaving his house last night. I grew up in this very area, in Indiana. When I was younger... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And at first, I thought he was telling us some cheesy joke or story. When he didn't laugh... We knew he was serious. That's when we started to laugh at him. He claimed this happened to him right across the street and about halfway through the woods. I completely thought he was making this up. Wasn't sure why he would, though. I personally thought he was lying. I then asked him if this happened across the street, then take me to where you saw it then. I'm glad I had him show me. At the time, I really thought he was double downing on his lie. I wasn't expecting anyone else to follow us, but everyone who came with me was there. When he brought us to the spot, I looked carefully being the outdoorsman I was. Nothing. No scratches on the ground. No blood, no fur. He also added he thought it was eating something because, as he cut through, he thought someone was sitting hunched over in the dark. He then added that he said, Who's there? It lifted up over this head, carrying something he thought. He said it then screeched at him, and that was all. We laughed and made fun of him for the next few years, even. He got it bad. We thought he was lying, and we all figured if you're going to lie, you're going to have to deal with us making fun of you for catching you in that lie. Kevin never brought it up again or even tried to defend himself. Hey, look right at him and ask, why pick an owl? He was a little confused by this question and just said, what do you mean? Then I said, why pick an owl? Owls aren't even scary. Then, in the early spring of 2007, my friend Josh, who lived a few streets over from where this Kevin guy was, saw this four-foot-tall owl. I completely forgot he told us about it unless we would see him for a laugh. 
and thought he was just making it up. Josh and I cut through the same woods he saw it in, but from the other way, we could see all the way through from the street. His woods is long, but maybe only 100 yards wide. As we get to about halfway, we both hear something running on the leaves in our direction fast. I'm a little bit taller than Josh. I was able to turn around and took a few steps jumping and pulling myself up. Josh was running out of time, and I told him to jump and grab my hand. There was a mean pit bull dog that the owners would sometimes let loose at night to roam. At the last second, Josh jumped on a little sapling tree and climbed it like a rope. About two weeks later, we would be doing the same thing again. Only when we heard the leaves moving on the ground, it was a large raccoon instead. I started to walk again, towards Dennis's house, and then I heard a wooden diving board noise. When I heard this, I just stopped in my tracks and started to scan looking for the source of the noise. Eventually, I'd turn around and started to look behind us, and that's when I noticed the very large branch, still whipping up and down. Now even more confused, I'm looking for what came out of this large branch, not seeing anything. Most, if not all, my focus was on the ground near the base of the large oak tree. The way the limb was moving, something very large would have jumped out. The only thing that didn't make sense was I'm looking at nothing on the ground. I turned back to Josh and said Bobcat, only to have him roll his eyes at me. I wouldn't have believed it either except to me it was the only thing that would have weighed enough to shake the branch like that but never make a sound possibly when it hit the ground. So I'm literally waiting for a big cat to show itself and pounce. After another full minute, nothing happens, and I'm even more confused and started to walk toward Dennis's house. I take a few more steps, still looking around but facing forward back at his house. I started to catch movement out of the top corner of my eye, and what I explain next, I would have never thought in a million years I'd be telling or saying. It was just a black mass or a black ball shape, darker than the night sky around it. When I see this... I freeze because I'm just not sure what I'm looking at. It's still above the treetops. Halfway through this woods, probably putting it in the 100 feet range up, just right above the tips of the tree. I was first and Josh was still somewhere behind me. I stayed focused on the dark movement and didn't want to lose view of what it was. I am in North Florida and I've had some weird things happen. Beyond my backyard is about 50 acres or more of woodland that is uninhabited. Beyond that, it's rural and not too many people around. You can hear deer, possums, raccoons, and hogs at night trumping through the brush. But there's something else out there every now and then. It walks with the pacing of a person, and loud too, like someone was walking around not bothering to be sneaky about it. I've shined a flashlight near the sound like I've done before because I like to see the wildlife you don't usually get to watch. When I do this, the animals will freeze and I can sometimes catch a glimpse if they're not too far. This happens with this thing, but the steps never come back. I've spent hours outside after this, and I have never heard a peep after looking for the source. There will also be no sounds of any other critters for quite some time, which is creepy by itself. It's unnerving and reaches something deep in you that makes you feel like everything is off. About a year ago, something had begun to terrorize my cats and injured one a bit. But nothing life-threatening yet. One night my kittens were being attacked and the mama cat was scared. 
which is the opposite of her nature with them. It was chaos, cats screaming and whatnot. So I got my shotgun and went out. A black cat chased them up a tree. It was just sitting at the base of the tree. I can't properly explain the feeling I got from it. It's a pretty regular occurrence to have frail cats come through, and they're fairly dangerous to small animals. I was able to walk up to the back fence where it was about six foot to the tree with my kittens and the asshole cat. It didn't budge when I got close. No fear at all. I shot my shotgun into the brush to get it to run off. Didn't even flinch. At this point it was my cats or this stray, so I made the difficult decision to shoot it. From six foot away with a twelve gauge, I missed. I'm a very good shot, as I've had a lot of training through law enforcement employment. The damn cat still didn't move. I shot at it two more times with no damage to the cat. It meandered off like nothing had happened. I've tried to figure out how this could be rationally explained, and I've got nothing. During the day, things will get weird, too. If you go for a stroll in the woods, as my four-year-old loves to do, you will find yourself in the eerie silence I mentioned before. No birds, no squirrels, nothing. And you begin to see a figure out of the corner of your eye. It goes from tree to tree, and you never have enough time to turn and look at it. My wife has seen it, too, so I know it's not a peripheral artifact of some sort. Once you're being followed by whatever this is, it won't leave you until you leave the woods. Fifteen years ago, I was a young adventurer in search of new experiences and a chance to escape the monotony of my daily life. I landed a seasonal job with the U.S. Forest Service in western Colorado for the summer. It was a dream come true, allowing me to explore the wild and experience the beauty of nature up close. I was stationed in an old ranger cabin deep in the heart of the forest. It was quaint, rustic, and charming in its own way, but it was also quite isolated. I was the sole occupant of the cabin, responsible for patrolling the area, maintaining trails, and keeping an eye out for any potential issues in the forest. One night, after a long day of work, I settled into my cozy bed, the moonlight casting eerie shadows through the cracks in the wooden walls. I drifted off to sleep, my dreams filled with images of the forest and the creatures that called it home. In the midst of my slumber, I suddenly found myself in the grips of a vivid dream. It felt so real that I could almost touch it. In the dream, I was lying in bed, the darkness of the cabin enveloping me, when I heard the unmistakable sound of footsteps outside. The sound was faint at first, but grew louder and more persistent, as if someone, or something, was pacing around the cabin, searching for a way in. My heart raced as I lay there, paralyzed by fear, unable to move or cry out for help. The footsteps grew nearer, and I could hear the sound of gravel crunching underfoot as the unknown intruder approached the front door. To my horror, the door creaked open, and a chilling draft swept through the cabin. I woke with a start, my heart pounding in my chest, and the echo of the dream still ringing in my ears. With trepidation, I glanced around the dimly lit cabin, my eyes slowly adjusting to the darkness. To my utter disbelief, the front door was wide open, just as it had been in my dream. A shiver ran down my spine, and the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. Unable to shake the feeling of unease, I searched the cabin for any sign of an intruder, 
but found nothing amiss. I closed and locked the door, my mind racing with thoughts of what could have happened. Was it simply a coincidence, or had my dream been a premonition of something sinister? For the rest of the summer, I couldn't shake the fear that had taken hold of me that night. I made sure to secure the cabin every evening and slept with a large knife close by, just in case. The days passed without incident, but the memory of that terrifying night remained etched in my mind. Now, fifteen years later, I still find myself thinking about that summer in the old ranger station. The beauty of the forest, the excitement of exploration, and the lingering sense of unease that haunted my dreams. I can't say for certain what happened that night, or if it was merely the product of an overactive imagination. But one thing is clear. The forest holds secrets, and sometimes those secrets can seep into our dreams leaving us with an unsettling reminder of the unknown that lies just beyond our reach. My father was a park ranger, and he always loved the woods as nature provided him and his family with countless memories. And my grandfather was also an explorer. So he always used to wander many places with his curious mind. Eventually, my father acquired the trait and became a ranger. It was one of those holidays when tourists come in search of adventure, but end up getting in trouble. People come to the national parks for fun, experience some for field research. However, there was this team whom my father had assisted. They had come in search of a secret toy unknown. Now I know I may sound like a total dumbstruck human, but they were a team of five researchers who were sane and educated, maybe more than the rest. One night, my father's acquaintance got a signal on walkie, talkie. It was a signal from one of his fellow researchers. After grabbing his rifle, he went ahead and investigated. When his jeep would not allow him to go any further, they had to walk the rest of the path. The tracker with the group stopped working after one time. So now they had to search in two different directions. Therefore, they decided to tie ribbons that way they were going so nobody could get lost. Yellow was his color, and blue was one of his partners. As my father went ahead, he tied ribbons as a mark of the way. He kept venturing deeper into the woods, but could not find the group. Therefore, he tried to contact his partner through walkie-talkie, but never did get an answer back. Now he is still walking in tying ribbons. When one time he encountered a yellow ribbon tied to a tree, maybe he took a different route before. Then again, he did go into a different direction looking out for them. After 15 to 20 minutes, he encountered the ribbon yet again. This kept happening, so this time he stopped to take a rest. While he was sitting under the tree, he looked up casually and the ribbon caught his eye. It looked different for some reason. So he got up to look at it, and to his surprise this was not the ribbon he tied earlier. These ribbons looked old and worn out. Besides, the knot on the ribbon was double-knotted, and he tied them in only one knot. This area is restricted where only important personnel were allowed. So who would come all the way out here and tie these yellow ribbons halfway to a tree? He knew something was amiss. My father came up with the idea of following these unknown marks and finding his way to the correct ones. When he was walking his way back, he heard some signing, and there was light coming from that direction. 
When he was walking in the direction of the light, he discovered a group of researchers who were wearing weird clothing and dancing in circles with fire in the middle. There were only four of them. One person was missing. He had hid behind a big tree and tried to figure out what they were trying to do. Two of them went into the woods, brought a big wooden branch and a man tied to it. His two hands and legs bound together. He was definitely dead. And they tried to cook him alive. My father was scared to see this, so he reached out to contact his partner. But there was no response. After having that choice, he left. But when he got up, he heard the sound that something was still around. And now his life was in danger. He, too, ran away, and these cannibalistic murderers were still behind him. He climbed up a tree to try and divert their attention. And they were there, waiting for him just below the tree. When he carefully looked at their feet, he could see that these things, they weren't exactly people, but like people, they were wicked-looking. Well, they looked human. They were different in appearance. He knew immediately something was very wrong. These things scoured around the forest looking for him. They didn't realize that he had climbed himself up in a tree and was waiting for these things to leave. They were these hideous-looking creatures that were like men, but emaciated, slender and white, having huge fangs and large, hollowed-out eyes. And once they had finally disappeared, he slowly made his way down the tree, looking for every direction, making sure these things were not coming back. That's when my father began to fall unconscious. He was poisoned. Something had seeped into his skin, and he fell right there, collapsing on the forest floor. Next thing, he's waking up in the hospital when he described the incident to senior officials. And they denied his statement. Any clearance he had should have been revoked. It was very shortly after this that he was no longer a park ranger. He was stripped of virtually everything he had at that career. It was also after this that my father had received multiple death threats. There were some things he's seen that day and information he knows that is very sensitive and that is not allowed to escape into the public. Sometimes some of the scariest things don't necessarily have to be a torn up body or tons of blood. They just have to be unexplained. So I work for the forestry department and I often travel around conducting various bits of research. I've gotten to travel far and wide, often ending up in the most remote and often beautiful places that would be extremely unlikely to see your average Joe ever go to, unless, like me, it was something to do with their job. Therefore, when you find something in one of these spots that has very obviously been left by a person, there is absolutely no rhyme or reason for it. You can't help but jump to nefarious conclusions. So, when you're out in the middle of absolutely nowhere up in the ass end of Canada with nothing around for miles and you find a bed, it's kind of weird if not downright unnerving. And I want to be clear. I don't mean like some leaves and twigs, something somebody had created as a bed for themselves. I mean an actual single wooden bed, complete with rotten, moldy mattresses, multiple mattresses. Can you think of a singular reason why that would be there? There are no houses or any sort of building structures that used to be or are still there for miles and miles. In fact, the nearest road, I believe, is about 46 miles away, or in Canadian, 46 kilometers. There were no recent tracks except mine, although from the state of it, it did seem like it had been there for a very long time. It seemed like a very unusual place just to dump a bed you didn't want anymore, and also why. 
who had hauled bed all the way out here. I ended up alerting the cops, wondering if maybe it had been used for a crime and dumped out here since it was unlikely anybody would ever find it. Or maybe this was some kind of gang kill location. It seemed rather implausible, and thankfully I couldn't see any obvious stains on the bed or around it, but who knew? I had never heard back about it, so I guess it wasn't the missing puzzle piece in some nationwide serial killer hunt, but I still can't think of a single good reason why it would have been there.